New Hope Outreach Ministries, making a difference by taking the gospel from word to action. And now, today's message. And before we get going... Yep, I got the right one. How's that? Testing, testing. Before we get going, I just want to say thank God for this day. Thank God for his word. And thank God that we can use his word and get the results that we're looking for. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity to stand before you collectively as part of the body. Thank you for your word that we not only have access to, but can apply to our daily lives and find victory that you have placed in your word over all things in our lives. And we bless you now that as we come together as one, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you will be the preeminence in our heart and our mind and all things that we do, that you may be glorified. We give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today's lesson, uh, see, I'm still thinking of doing Bible training. <laughs> today's word is proclaim the word. Now, everyone here, well, maybe not everyone here. Back in the day, there used to be uh, newspapers. And what uh, the store or the owner of the newspaper would do, they would have little boys run around, they would run around and go, extra, extra, read all about it, to get people's attention to see what exactly is going on in their newspaper so they come and buy it. And uses the headlines that they would say, Hitler's on the rise, or World War II has started, or the crash or something. Get people's attention so that they would come and buy their, their papers. Well, today's word is like extra, extra, read all about it. See what the Lord has for you by proclaiming his word. And it's not bad news, which usually what those papers were really showing. It's all good news that's available to us as his children. And if we don't know him as his child yet, there's an opportunity. The door is always open. For his arms are always availing us to come unto him. But what we're going to talk about today is Isaiah 54, 17. This is the main theme. See, the enemy has a weapon. And his weapon is deceit. He tries to make sure that you are deceived about who you are and who God is so that you will not trust God or his word. And the word that he gives to you, that is what he wants you to, to listen to and follow. So God gave us a word and gave us a weapon against the weapon that the enemy uses, deceit. He gave us the truth. His word is true. Amen. And so Isaiah 54, 17 says, there's no weapon that is formed against you that shall prosper. Yes, ma'am. We gave it a shot. Amen. Testing. You know, the enemy comes in like a flood, but the spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against him. He's never going to be able to defeat us when we use the word of God. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper and every tongue. This is the key that we really need to pay attention to. And every tongue that shall rise up against thee in judgment, you shall condemn. Many of us don't understand that there is an enemy that desires us to listen to them, listen to him, and follow his sayings. But every time we listen to him, we will follow him into death. 
it will not be prosperous. The word of the Lord came unto us saying, this is the heritage, meaning you have the right to speak against and come against and stand against the deceit and the practices of the enemy that's coming against you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me. You shall condemn those words. Well, well, brother Fred, how do I know I can defend or condemn those words? Well, the word of God tells you so. If you believe so much that God sent his son to die for you, you must believe his word because this is what proclaims that Jesus is Christ and is the Lord. So when you believe the word of God, you now are equipped to speak against and take authority over all the works of the enemy. This is why there's no weapon that is formed against you. Lies, deceit, fraud, no matter what it is, hatred, bitterness, insight, anything. There's no weapon that anyone can bring against you that you don't have the right to condemn it and to cast not only the judgment, to cast it out of your life. Does that make sense? Because if we, if we were let left here on this earth by, after accepting Christ without anything to defend ourselves, because we do need to be defended because the enemy comes in, the word says in Isaiah 59, 19, you don't have to put it up, he comes in like a flood. He just don't come like a trickle. He just don't come just knocking on your door nicely. He comes in demonstratively wanting to steal, kill, and destroy, take over your life, and interject his will so that you now are following after his dictates. And his dictates are to be thrown into the lake of fire. Why is this weapon that we have available to us? So that the grace that God has availed to us is now going to abound. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8. It makes no sense for us to have victory and have no place to go with that victory. I mean, I'm, I'm victorious, so I'm just going to sit down now, and that's all there is to it. No one knows about it. No one's going to see it. That's not our God. As a matter of fact, when Christ was held, uh, strung up between two uh, crosses, it was up on a hill to where you had to look to see it. So when we have the victory over the enemy, it's because the grace that he has availed for us is now available to be seen for every good work. The word says, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. When you defeat the enemy with the word of God, when you defeat the enemy by proclaiming the word of God, grace is there now. It says where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. The idea that sin is in our lives and has first place is the reason why Christ came so that we would have an opportunity to receive his grace. And in his grace is the fullness of joy. Hallelujah. I'm getting worked up because everything begins in the spirit. This day is a spiritual day. This is not just our Sabbath or the day that we've chosen to come and worship. This day is the day that the Lord is ministering to us as a part of the body, completely a unit. And he's telling us today to proclaim his word. There's no weapon that is formed. And this is the thing. The weapon has to be formed against you before it can be called a weapon against you. So the weapon is formed against you to keep you from receiving the grace that abounds toward you from God. The thing that God wants you to have and know him for the grace. He wants you to know him for his grace. We don't have a right to be in him, but he has decided <laughs> all on his own. He has the preeminence to allow us to have a place in him. The enemy doesn't want you to have that place in him. Why? Because he doesn't have a place in him. And he wants you to suffer as he is going to suffer and has already known that his destiny is not one that he really wants for himself. Too late, but not for us. 
no matter where we've been and what we've done, however we've gone through it, whatever it is, it may be stacked up against you right now. There's nothing that you can really do except see whatever that thing is that's in the midst of your life, tearing you apart, tearing you down, looking you over, saying, ha, got you again. But the grace of God is present. And when we proclaim that grace, using the word, that weapon of victory against all the power of the enemy, grace comes upon us and we stand righteous already because of Christ. But now we can walk in that victory. The enemy wants you crippled, lame, and not able to speak so that he can continue to overcome you with his design and desires. But he has no power unless we agree with him as being powerful. Being deceived is the hardest thing to overcome. Number one, you don't want to be deceived. But then once you've been deceived, oh, you don't want nobody to know you've been deceived. It hurts. It tears you apart that you were foolish enough to fall for the tricks and the wiles of the devil, not knowing that that's what it is. Because it was in the spirit where it started. And then he whispered something to your soul. And then you accepted whatever it was, and then you walked it out in your body. The weapon. You didn't even know it was a weapon. This is why the word is so nigh and dear to us. It alerts us, tells us, shows us, shines a light. It's a mirror. It shows us who we are. It aligns us with who God is and where he's going. And he's saying, proclaim this word over your life, in your destiny, for your future, where you are, where you're wanting to go, in him, today. 2023 is usually, every year, we usually begin with our, we're going to do this thing for a year, and we start in January, and it lasts maybe a half an hour after January 1st starts. God is already and always continues to tell us, this is the only thing that will ever change you, make a, sustain, a, a sustainable change, one that is always there. You can count on it because he is the only constant. There is no other constant in this world except God. None. You can look through all the millions and billionaires there may be in this world. Their money comes and goes. But not this word, not God. He stays with us, availing his grace toward us. And it begins in the spirit. Look at John 6, 63. When we speak the word of God, we're speaking as God would speak. It is the spirit that quickeneth or makes alive. The flesh profits nothing. Hallelujah. Hmm. I'm chewing on my candy right now, so forgive me for that. <laughs> it's at that point. <laughs> it is the spirit. It begins in the spirit. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Notice what this, this is Christ speaking. The words that I speak, they're spirit and they are life. The origin of life speaks words and they are spirit, which makes alive and they are life. When you hear the words from the enemy, they will always speak death, even though it sounds like it's good and it could bring life. In the end, it's going to bring death. I think there's a scripture that says there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof leads to destruction or death. Choosing your own way, that is where you will end up. The Old Testament prophetic word Christ declared and proclaimed to establish 
in the new covenant to defeat the enemy. What was that word? Deuteronomy 8 and verse 3. Now remember, when Christ was on the earth, he had no Bible. He didn't have the Old Testament, New Testament combined in the maps in the back. What he had was the scrolls from the Old Testament words. And he found his place. And when the enemy had taken him, well, actually, the Spirit of the Lord led him into the desert. And he was being tested, fasting after 40 days and nights. He came, he came to him, the enemy did, and tempted him. This is what the power of the word does to the enemy. Shuts him down and shuts him off. And opens your life to the grace of God for that moment, for your life to go through life in victory. Because that's exactly what Christ did. But what does it say? And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna. This is the children of Israel. They were coming through, uh, going around the mountains again for about 40 years. Which they knowest not, which thou knowest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone or only, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Jesus took those words and went against the enemy when he was being tempted at his very weakest point in the desert. And this is what he said. Jesus said, but he answered and said, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Proclaiming every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, you are going to be victorious, and the grace of God will avail over your life. Now, this is nothing new to everyone in this building. However, there must be a reason why God wants us to hear this today. To begin this today. If it's an add-on, Add it on. Keep doing what you're doing. But I believe the Lord is saying today, begin today proclaiming what is yours already by grace through faith in Christ. This is going to be your shield of faith. I saw in my, in my spirit's eye, mind's eye, the shield of faith in front of us, dented by the onslaught of the enemy, coming against your shield of faith. How does he come against our shield of faith? He wants us to doubt this word so that the shield that we have, which is faith in this word, would be put down and we would allow the enemy to then run ruckshot over us and we would take and do whatever we want with our lives. And then, as I just said a minute ago, there's a way that seems, I'm sorry, that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof leads to destruction. This is the first one that I want to help us to put on our list. If you have a list of proclamations, great. I believe the Lord wants you to add on today. Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. This is to build and establish faith in God and in his word. So as I read this, I'm going to make it seem or sound like a proclamation. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So shall my word be in similitude or likeness, that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall Accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. I call that John Henderson, 55, 11, and 10, and 11. Pastor uses that particular scripture all the time with me. I can't say every instance we've had conversation, but it's coming up. Trusting in that word, it's coming up somehow. Believing that that word which God has given us, when we speak it, it goes forth and it does not return to us void, just like it does not return unto him void. Because when it's mixed with faith, it will prosper 
This is what the word says in Hebrews 4.2. You don't have to put it on the screen. It did not prosper those because they did not mix it with faith. But when you mix this word with faith, it will not return unto you void. It will accomplish that which you sent it to do. Amen. And I didn't really go off on this, but I really wanted to. Isaiah 54, 17. We are sitting here today with our pastor because of Isaiah 54, 17. Before, again, before the beginning of his downward fall and these things that he had to go through, cancer, etc., COVID, etc., he had a word from the Lord and it said, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Amen. God sent himself as his word to defeat all enemies, thank God. So we too could proclaim his word in whom there is no one or thing greater than himself. First John 4 and verse 4. First John 4 and verse 4. I think sometimes we believe as Christians at times that we are not greater than what is happening to us. And that may be true in the natural, but not in the spirit. Because Christ lives within us and dwells in and the spirit of God dwells within us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. People say, uh, well, I'm not Christ. Well, of course, you're not Christ in the natural, but Christ lives within you. He is not dead. And so he, hmm, I hope I say this right. He is waiting for us to agree that he is in us, and because he's in us, he should be given preeminence, first place in our lives, in all that we do and think. But oftentimes we would think this world has a better place, higher place in us, and so when things come against us, we think, oh my goodness, this is overwhelming, this is too much. But ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Proclaiming next, Psalms 107 and verse 20, for the victory and comfort through sickness and disease. Psalm 107 verse 20 reads, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. I want to do also the message version. It reads better. Verses 17 through 22, the message. Sister Geneva turned me on to the message Bible in prayer one morning. Been stuck on it ever since, enjoying it. Verse 17 through 22, it reads, Some of you were sick because you'd lived a bad life. Your bodies feeling the effects of your sin. You couldn't stand the sight of food. So miserable you thought you'd be better off dead. Then you called out to God in your desperate condition. He got you out of it in the nick of time. He spoke the word that healed you, that pulled you back from the brink of death. So thank God for his marvelous love for his miracle mercy to the children he loves. Offer thanksgiving sacrifices. Tell the world what he's done. Sing it out. When we proclaim what Christ has done, it's like that little boy with the paper. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is what God has done for me. He's changed my life. He's saved me. He's healed me. He's delivered me. He's changed my direction and focus for eternity. Arm yourself with this mind. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16. Arm yourself with this mind. We have the mind of Christ according to the word of God. If the word of God is true, you have the mind of Christ. If it's not true, I can understand looks. 
Yeah, no, hold up, bro. No, I don't have the mind of Christ. In the natural, we do not have the mind of Christ in our natural bodies. But in the spirit, see, we are spirit, soul, and body. The spirit receives from the Lord and interjects in our lives the spirit world. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. What would Christ do was what they said back in the 90s. What would Christ do? If you want to know, just ask him. You have him. The Spirit of the Lord will tell you exactly what Christ would do. In the midst of my sickness, what would Christ do? He would heal you. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Proclamation number three, Psalms 118 and verse 17. Very short, but I can tell you, when you're on deathbed, when you're on death's door, at death's door, I can't even say it right. It might seem a little too late to do anything about it. So I believe God is letting us know today, begin proclaiming. This that I have set for you to receive and have. And the grace of God will follow those words into your life. This is what the Lord says. I shall not die. But wait a minute. I've been given COVID. I've been given two years or two minutes to live. I've, I don't understand what to do next. I've been shot. Uh, there's things happening in my body that are bleeding out. Uh, what does the word say? See, in, at, at those moments, you're in a car accident. At those moments, you're probably not going to have time to say, well, now I'm going to proclaim. This is why I believe God is asking us to do it now. So that your heart will believe it when you come through something that is trying to take your life or do something to your family or do something in this nation. I shall not die. Why? Because God said he's watching over you. But live and declare the works of the Lord. See, this is what the enemy, I'm not giving him place. That's not what I'm doing. But if you don't know who's against you, how are you going to ever fight? He does not want you to do the works. Helping people to know who Christ is, getting them born again, filling them with the spirit of God, getting them baptized, having them lead a life of righteousness and holiness as opposed to the deference of life, which is to have sin do whatever you want. And the penalty will not be maybe now, but in your body it will. In your mind it will. But later it will take, uh, take shape in eternity. The enemy's design is set to sift you like wheat so that you will always want to do what you want to do and not do what Christ did, which was the will of God. So we're sitting here today so that we will learn what the will of God is so that we can go do what the will of God wants us to do so that he can be glorified in this earth realm. That's why he sent his son first to proclaim the kingdom, then to go kick the devil in his butt. But he came first saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then he went against the devil and defeated him on every turn. And then he said, this is what I want my followers to do. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Do exactly what I did and you will find victory at every turn. At every turn. Well, wait a minute, Brother Fred. How can you say that this happens and this didn't go very well? I tell you this. If the word of God is not true, then of course things are not going to go your way. But the word of God is true. You believe it to the end. That is the reason why people are getting out of the word. They're going so far and say, oh, this happened. So I got to let him go because he didn't do whatever I needed or I thought was coming my way.
that's not the relationship that you have with God. If that's what you have, then you're having an earthy relationship. You're not having a spiritual relationship with God. The spiritual relationship with God means you don't let him go and he's never going to let you go. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says that. You're going to probably have to put it up. Sorry, it's not on the list, but I believe it needs to be heard. Romans 12, verse 1, actually, just verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. Romans 12, verse 1. There you go. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service or your act of worship. Let me keep going. Jesus is the word from the beginning. John 1, verse 1 and 2, and verse 14. I think we'll skip over that. Let's go to... Uh, Jesus Christ is the same in power as the word and is always with us. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8. I had trouble with this scripture because I didn't understand how this little body here could incorporate Jesus being the same yesterday, today, and forever. How in the world is that possible? You know, before time was, he was. I believe the word says he was and is and is to come. So when you're in the midst of something, remember who is with you at all times and who has already paid a price for you at all times and who has given you grace at that moment and who is standing against and has defeated everything that the enemy has come against you and has given you his word so that you can stand on that word. He is the same yesterday today and forever regardless of what you're facing i think the problem that i'm hearing in my spirit is that no there's something greater than what the word is able to handle this is what i keep hearing oh there's something i'm trying to tell you brother fred it might be something that you think is the work but i got stuff in my life and it ain't handling it i can guarantee you there's a heart problem no doubt about it, because I had it myself. What your heart is, is dealing with is the issue of whether or not you believe this word of God and apply it to your life on a daily basis. When your heart is torn apart about something emotional, maybe, a marriage, a child, a loss, whatever it may be, that will separate you. And the enemy is telling you, hmm, see, told you, told, don't trust him. Look what happened here, there, and this. And all the while, the love of God, the source of all love, <laughs> the begin he is love, is saying, come unto me. All ye that labor, here I am. It's my desire to, like a chick with his chicklets. <laughs> I just want to put you under my wings. Now, you know that's nothing but the spirit of the Lord. Somebody needs to know that his love is greater than all that you've gone through. See, this is the issue. Many of us are living in the past thinking that it's the present. And our future is also that which was in the past. He paid for all that you have gone through, going through, or will go through. So he's asking you to cast it upon him so that his love and grace can replace all of that stuff that's taken you out. And the only thing is, is do you believe that in your heart? And the reason you don't believe it in your heart, you've got to let this be real to you. You have to let the Holy Spirit of God be true to you, for he is. And he wants you to know you can trust him. I'll say it again. It seems like something, now there's something bigger than this. The word can't handle everything, Brother Fred. I've given you scripture, greater is he. And again, you can hear it. You may even receive it. But you have to apply it. 
You have to believe it to apply it. I'm going I'm to do it like this. Take a step of faith. Today, take one thing that you, look, this has happened, and I ain't never seen God do whatever he said he was going to do. I guarantee you, you get a word. You get a word, of, a word from the word of God. You go to a scripture, maybe one that I've given you already, one that you got in your heart or mind, and you put your heart into it, and you say, Father, I believe that your word is true. First, you got to believe that. Now, this is the situation, A, B, and C. I'm tired. I cannot do any more than I'm doing. I got a face I put on. I can't do that anymore. Would you please do what you said this word will do in me so that I can go through and do those works that the enemy is keeping me from because of my emotional disturbances or whatever it may be going on. So is Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever? Did he defeat the enemy? Did he give you his word, his spirit, his grace, salvation, wholeness? Is there anything that you, what else you need? And this is what people are rejecting at the, oh, by the droves. Love of God, safety, contentment, protection, the word, victory. How would I want that? Unity, peace. There's no reason for that. I can get that all on my own. <laughs> Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6. Many of us desire to have our way, and the reason why we need to have our way is because that is exactly what the enemy thought he was going to be able to do. And so that is the seed that has been planted in everybody's heart and mind to be and do our own thing, no matter what. And definitely do not proclaim the word. I always think, well, I don't always, but I started thinking recently <laughs> that the devil must have been a, I think I might have heard someone, must have been a teenager when, when he rebelled. Because don't you know that's what usually most children, they rebel when they're teenagers? I, am I wrong? Am I the only one that was a teenager at the time and understood it? <laughs> and and so, so it's easy for the enemy to allow you to, yep, just do it like that. That'll get them going. <laughs> As opposed to, you know what, let me be humble and accept what my parents or whatever it is that I need to do to continue to grow. I don't want to do that. I want to do my own thing. That's all the enemy is about. Do your own thing. You, you don't need to do, you don't need to proclaim nothing else. God ain't got nothing for you. I do. You know that little boy down the corner there you've been looking at? Yeah. Oh, let's go do that. And any other thing, I'm not just trying to single that out. But let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. Now, listen, I thought, I'm growing up, I thought that those things that I have were those things physical. You know, my car, house, money, things like that. The Holy Spirit is quick to teach if you're willing to learn. Remember when Acts chapter 3, uh, I believe it said, verse 6, Peter and John, let's see, Peter said, silver and gold have I not, but such as I have give I unto thee. Be content with what you have in this word from God. Be content with what he has given you, grace protection, peace, his love, a future, direction, focus, a way of escape. He's always given us something that we should be content with. It's always going to be better and greater than anything that we may contrive in our own heart or mind. For he hath said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's always going to be with you. But verse 6 sometimes gets mixed or missed. And I think it needs to be. They should go together whenever they're spoken about. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. 
The Lord is my helper. I said, the Lord is my helper. When I proclaim that, think, think what I just did. When I proclaim that, my heart rejoices. I'm talking about my spirit and soul. They're joined. They rejoice when I say, the Lord is my helper. Because whatever the enemy brings, or whatever I bring, he's going to make sure that he gives us comfort, peace, and direction. And if we're willing to receive it, that chastisement that we need to have at times to keep us on the straight and narrow. Brother John don't know nothing about that, though. <laughs> now that was a joke. Ain't nobody laughing today. Okay. Why? <laughs> She's wearing that sweater today. No problem. Why we are to proclaim God's word today and in 2023. Well, I'm going to go with Hebrews 1.3 first uh, and then go to Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 1.3 says, Hebrews 1.3, it says, Who being the brightness of his glory, meaning Jesus, and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. The word of God is upholding everything that's happening in this world, keeping it on its axis, meaning the, <laughs> the earth, the sun at the right distance, the moon at the right distance. His word is also holding up all of our lives. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of where? Of the heart. I'm going to just keep going. Ephesians 6, verse 17 Ephesians 6, verse 17. Verse 17, it reads, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's primary that we take the helmet of salvation. Now, this is part of the, the uh, armor of God. The helmet of salvation were your soul, your head, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Those two areas, now I'm not doing the entire area, those two areas are vital. Because again, as I said, your heart, I believe, is where your spirit and your, heart and your soul join. Okay? So those two areas are very vital in our daily walk to fill with this word. So that this word will be quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword in everything that we are dealing with. Even a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So if we carefully apply this word, first knowing that he has already given us this word, but then having faith in that word, trusting this word, then proclaiming that word. I believe it's stages. We, we, we hear it and then we believe it. And then we might step out and say, yeah, I believe that. But it takes a person that has said to himself, no matter what, I believe that this word is true. It, God said it. I don't have to believe it. It is so. Regardless. But when I do believe it, what did we say earlier? Mixed with faith, it prospers us. So I will mix it with faith. And when I mix this word with faith, my heart is going to rejoice and be filled with the grace of God. And you are armed. I, I remember we used to say it's armed to the teeth. You are armed to the teeth in the natural and the spirit. Does that make sense? Because sometimes I believe we stay in the natural and we don't know how to apply this word to the natural. Or then we're over here in the spirit and we don't know anything about the natural. 
There's a balance that has to happen to where we trust and believe that in the spirit, it works over here in this body and in the body, it works over here in the spirit. Why? Because the spirit is now dominating and has preeminence and we trust in it. Jeremiah 1 12. Again, these are all old known scriptures, but I'm hearing, I'm hearing begin to proclaim these scriptures. And if you have your own list, not a problem. They may be on them, but I'm here to tell you that they're going to prosper in your life today and forever. Why? Because he's watching over his word to perform it. But he hasn't performed it yet. Well, I'm still waiting for something. Here, here again, I believe it's a heart thing. We, we want to trust and we know to trust, but for some reason we just aren't really trusting. And the moment we step into, you know what, God, I trust you. I guarantee you, like the enemy comes in like a, with, like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will come in into your life like a flood and raise up that standard against him. When you trust it. When you hear the word trust, it's not the same as trusting a man. It's not the same. When you trust God, you're not trusting him like you trust a man. I don't have anything more. Anybody else got anything on that? Because when you trust a man, he has the same heart that you have. Jeremiah tells us the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Only the Lord, the next verse says, I, the Lord, know it. And I'll weigh them. Hmm. So I guess the thing is to proclaim your allegiance to God and his preeminence, God's way and word over your ways. We're almost done. James 4, verse 4, the Message Bible. Hmm. The New King James Version uh, of James 4, verse 4, it says, ye adulterers and adulteresses. I went to the calmer way, I guess, with the message. It says, you cheating on God. Everybody can understand that in the natural. But what God is saying in the spirit, you're giving preeminence to someone other than me. You're giving first place to someone other than me. After I've saved you, baptized you, filled you with the spirit of God, after I've given you all of my love and myself, you've given yourself over to someone else. You did not accept me. You're no longer walking with me. For some reason, whatever it may be, you're cheating on me. If all you want is your own way, flirting with the world every chance you get, you end up enemies of God and his way. Colossians 1.18 Colossians 1.18. Colossians 1 and verse 18, it reads, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. In other words, we are to willingly give God his just due, which is to have first place. He is to be our first love. I'm hearing my heart say, return to your first love. Return to your first love. Give him preeminence. Give him what is due unto him, the glory that's due unto his name. John 14 and verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Thank you, Lord. Well, that's the word today. 
proclaiming or proclaim the word of God. Simple message. We've heard every one of these scriptures at least 5,000 times. If this is your first time, write them down, mark them. They're coming again. The Lord wants you and needs you to remind yourself and to remember him in your reminding yourself of his word. Extra, extra, read all about it. Jesus has died for my sins. Jesus is Lord of my life. Not the extra, extra, read all about it, the bad news. I've chosen to do my own thing and go my own way. And the results are all on me. It's hard at a young age to actually receive this. I, I get that. I mean, as far as not wanting to go your way. Because you've got all this desire and all these abilities and all this stuff that's saying, oh, I just need to try, want to do, etc. When you, I think, when you come out the gate and you allow yourself to just run, you're going to run into something that's going to probably end up hurting you. And this is why God has given you a guardian for your young life, for your adult life, so that as you open that gate and you start going through that gate to figure out and find out things in your life, for your life, he will whisper to you this word. Try this word, use this word, believe this word, trust this word. It will not only undergird you and keep you safe, it will also allow you to grow. And that growth will not be stunted because of whatever you decide to do on your own, because it will be a price that will have to be paid. So I pray that the grace of God is received. We thank you all for coming this morning. I'm going to go ahead and pray. Pastor, do you have anything? Next Sunday, also, if you're thinking about it this week, um,